it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 22 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. Today, we're going to wrap up season one of The Pursuit, talking about the championship game with several of the key players. They will share what it's like to win the last game of a season and cut down the nets. Being first is the goal of every team that starts a season. But what's it like to actually finish there? And what does this have to do with having an I am third mentality? In the second half, all of the coaches will join to talk about the unique relationships that have formed and how we all push each other to pursue three throughout the course of a long season. Joined now by four members of our starting lineup, Evan Maxwell, Ben Carlson, Jacob Johnson, and Kyle Mangus. We're on the day of the national championship game. It's one of the things we've been working for the entire season. What were you thinking as you were going into the game? Yeah, I think uh, since we had such a young team, a lot of guys didn't know what to think going into the game. We only had two guys who had played in a national championship up to that point, Jacob and Trevor. Um, and they just, we just didn't really know um, what mindset guys were going to have. So I think we really tried to emphasize um, just playing with joy and just in, really just loving our last experience together as a team. And um, I think that really helped us, helped us play in freedom um, in that game. Talk about playing in freedom. Cause I know as a coach, you feel a lot of pressure or you could, because it's, a season-defining thing from the world's eyes. People will remember whether you were the champions or not. What did it look like to play and enjoy during that game, and how did it play out? Yeah, I think a big part of it is knowing that we weren't defined by the last game of the season. And, like, win or lose, Ben, ben kind of hit on it in our devotion the night before. He's like, I didn't not, – not in a bad way, but he said I didn't, I didn't really care if we won or lost because, I like, it – we were playing in so much freedom that we weren't defined by that. And I just remember in the game, like there were a lot of different runs and I just never felt shook. And I knew like, the, like I, nobody ever like freaked out about any crazy shots that the other team made or, or anything like that. It was just like, I don't know. It was, it was different than like your normal regular season game. There wasn't any, like, I don't know. You know we're, what I mean? Yeah. We're playing against a team. We played three times already. St. Francis, one of our biggest rivals, Let's go inside moments of the game so, so listeners can hear how the game unfolded and some of the specific things that happened. If you look at the general flow, we take a big lead. We take an 18-point lead, but they come storming back and cut it to one as a great team like St. Francis would do. What are the specific moments you guys remember from the game? Um, well, I can remember, I mean, touching on freedom a little bit, a big part for me was just trusting my teammates and, um, like, I mean, what, like when ups and downs happened, you trust them to be there no matter what happens. So going off of that, there were some guys that weren't necessarily in the starting role, starting lineup all year long or um, didn't always have huge roles or ups and downs. But I can remember um, Grant Smith having a, a huge presence in the championship game, just laying it all on the floor, tipping balls in, um, of course, having some nasty crossovers, highlight plays as usual. Um, but just got guys like that and Joel diving on the floor and um, just giving us that spark and then um, – I remember, I can remember our leadership, Ben Carlson and JJ, like never, never faltering and just being there and having our anchor 
in the fact that like we we can trust each other and we can play with freedom, knowing that no matter what happens, we'll be together. We get an eighteen point lead. You feel like the game might be over, but a, a run's coming eventually. What do you remember about building that lead? Uh, so yeah, obviously we came out on fire in that first half and things were going really well. But uh, St. Francis, they they made a run in the second half. But I think all of us like we didn't panic and. We just felt, I don't know, calm throughout the whole thing. And I remember Evan hit some really big shots late, some big threes, and we got some key stops also uh, versus some of their good offensive players. So, yeah, I mean, we just didn't panic throughout the whole thing, and I think that was kind of a testament to, to the whole year that we just stayed the course and, um, yeah, we weren't, we weren't going to panic no matter what happened. I remember one, one play later on in the second half, and, has to do with Kyle, but uh, I remember Derek Heinen was going on a, just a rampage on us in the second half, and Kyle was guarding him. And no, no disrespect <laughs> to Kyle, no disrespect to Kyle. Kyle's one of our best defenders, but he was just he was he was hitting almost every shot. And I remember running down the floor, and we're both we're gassed because they just went on a huge run, and uh, we didn't get a media timeout until after uh, or before I can't remember what time it was but I remember Kyle looking at me like out of breath like take Heinen like <laughs> I take Heinen and I was thinking to myself like man I'm just as tired as you but I, I'm a senior leader on this team I'm not allowed to say like no to that and so guarding for a little bit I think he went off on me and then Kyle switched back and got some stops and we, we ended up winning so that was a, that was kind of a funny moment that I remember. There was a sense in our, our huddles they go on a, a run and cut it to one and they have all the momentum but I never remember any panic from you guys in the huddle. And Evan hit a couple big threes that Kyle just talked about. Why do you think you guys were able to stay so even keeled despite the run they went on? Yeah, I think we saw throughout the year when um, all 13 guys were bought in, good things happened. And I think throughout warm-ups, throughout the first half, throughout halftime, we could just see the buy-in of every person. We knew that um, that was going to kind of prevail for us, just knowing that every guy was there and every guy – um, wanted what was best. So I think we just kind of looked into each other's eyes and knew that each guy, um, one through 13, was going to do whatever it took to win that game. The buzzer sounds were the champions. It's the thing we've been waiting for. And the confetti starts coming down. You guys rush the court. What was that like? Um, I think, I mean, in the moment, it was really exciting. It was pretty, an, it was an awesome experience, I think, um, just for all the hard work we've put in all year. Um, just to come together and for us to ha to reach our biggest goal of the year. Um, in that moment, I think um, it's e it was easy to feel closer to these guys than ever before. Um, and it's like, it's really we we talk about this being a program of stories and building memories. It's a it's a memory as a coach that's so fun to watch. You guys jumping on the court together and there's just pure joy in your faces as you guys celebrate the accomplishment because it's really a goal that we set out to accomplish. Kyle's a freshman. What are you thinking in that moment as you guys are celebrating on the court? Yeah, so it was definitely an exciting feeling uh, if you look back to all the work we put in during the summer and preseason and during the season. Uh, it's just a great feeling to know that it all came together. I think we were, we were built for that moment, but it also feels great to celebrate it you know, as a team, not just in, individually because we went through all the ups and downs together as a team and uh, just, just shows like the relationships you built, like I haven't even known known these guys for a year, but like I can call them family. Um, so yeah, it's really something that is special to experience as we sit in the locker room 
for what seems like hours telling stories and we go to dinner and we're on the bus rides and we just reflect on what happened during the season. What's the biggest takeaway for you guys? You're one of the few teams that's able to accomplish its greatest goal. Ben and Jacob, you win your final game, which is something few people get to experience. What's the biggest takeaway you guys have? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if you if you focus on like the next best thing, like you're never gonna be fulfilled, right? So whether it's whether it's in basketball or business or like family, like if you just focus on the next like high or the next like accomplishment, like you're never gonna be fulfilled and and we kind of felt some of that, not not necessarily in a negative way, but just understood that the championship, like winning it wasn't going to make us like any more fulfilled. And just, I think the fulfillment came more so when it was just the culmination of the, the journey of all of the ups and downs, like Kyle said, and the, and the growth that our team experienced and, and all of the pieces coming together to, you know, accomplish a goal like that. But the game itself wasn't really fulfilling. And I think it was more fulfilling seeing like my teammates grow. Yeah, I, I would just add on to that and just um, kind of talk about how that's what happens when you pursue being third. You know, we talked this whole podcast, we talked about giving up the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. And um, when you're pursuing your own accomplishments and your own agenda, um, you see how that, that never works out for the best in the end. But when you just pursue what God has planned and, and you give selflessly to those around you, um, amazing things are going to happen. I know, Ben, you've talked about the emptiness of winning, and mm-hmm. it doesn't satisfy in the way that you think and we we see this goal in front of us and we're striving for it and we're reaching for it but if it's the only thing you're chasing it never leads to satisfaction right. and Evan I remember as we're sitting around dinner you come and sit down uh, right across from me and I asked you what are you thinking right now and you looked at me and you said if it wasn't for this morning when we had that team time when we're in prayer together with teammates I'm not sure I'd even be that fulfilled right now because I'd be realizing I put all this time in just for a win. Take us back into what you're thinking in that moment and really how you came to that thought. Um, yeah, so, I mean, as I was saying before, in the moment when the buzzer sounds and we win, it's it's a pretty awesome feeling, confetti or whatever, people are getting awards. Um, but I feel like, I think the peak was when I got when we got to the prayer. I think that was pretty awesome. We, we, we knelt down and prayed, pointed all back to God. And then coming off of that, I kind of was walking away from it, looking around and looking at the celebration. And, like, for as awesome as it was, it was like, can this really be it? Like, we did all of that just for this moment that's about to be over in a few minutes. And, like, there, there's no way that this can be it. But then as I'm looking around, I'm seeing the faces on my teammates. Um, I'm looking back on the way that, that guys performed, watching Kyle um, win the MVP of the tournament and the way he played, Ben and JJ, like I talked about, their leadership, um, their hunger, Joel, Kanan, G, all of them, every single guy put in throughout the entire year countless hours of work. And um, so then I just re- remembered um, about like the spiritual growth and all that has happened all year long. So in that moment when I was kind of feeling like empty, like, man, what? Like, there's no way this could be it. I just all of a sudden was overwhelmed with the feeling of like, no, like this isn't it. There's there's such a long journey leading up to this, and there's such a long journey ahead. This is just one of those little moments in the midst of all that awesome stuff. Um, so that's really where, where God pointed my focus to. And I love, that, I love that moment that you talked about. So often when you see a championship, what you see is players on the team run up and 
they're holding up number one. They're trying to get in the camera. And, and we loved after you guys rushed the court, the confetti's going down, and you guys decide to get on a knee and gather and say one final prayer of thanks. After all the prayers we've prayed through the year, all the growth we've had, there's a final moment where we get down on our knees and we point to what matters the most to us. Ben and Jacob, I know you guys led that. What led to that moment? Yeah, I think that's just um, part of the legacy of this program is that um, when you when you get something, you, you give it back. And I think God gave us um, this great season, um, and we just wanted to give it all back to him. And I think if we could put hold something above our heads besides the trophy, we would. But um, that trophy really is a representation of, of everything that happened that season. So we wanted to, to have a visual representation of what the season meant to us before we hoisted up uh, what the, the tournament was going to give to us for that physical representation. Good. So it's 12.07. What I'd like to ask is just final word. When you think back on the season, what did you learn about the pursuit of three and why is it the best way to live? I don't know if someone feels like they got a, a good way to wrap it all up with that answer or a couple guys. You want to say something? You Maybe that'd be that'd be cool if we take one younger. You guys both just talk one younger guy and one yeah. older guy. Yeah. Final thing. When you look back on the season, all the memories, all the ups and downs, we shared with listeners the pursuit of three. What did you guys learn about pursuing the I am third life, and why is that the best way to live? So after the national championship, um, it really made me like come back to the I am three mentality and just made me think what what it what it truly means after like being being in the program for a year. And I would say like for a, a team that's selfish and only thinks about themselves, they, they wouldn't ask other guys to grow, step outside their comfort zone and, and develop new habits. But a team like ours who um, we put ourselves third, put God first, put others second, um, that, that really contributed to our success. And being a younger guy, I definitely learned about that, especially from our older guys. I don't know if Ben remembers this, but he was my roommate for the national tournament. And um, I think before our first game, we were praying in the in our, in our room, and I just prayed, like, that they would know that it didn't matter whether we won or lost that week, but, like, their impact meant so much more than that to me, like, just growing as a person and, and looking up to them as, as a role model. But... Yeah, um, it'll it'll definitely carry carry with me years more than more than basketball. Like as a family or in my job, just putting putting uh, you know my kids and and wife first. Um, that'll just lead to ultimate joy and happiness. I would say. And and we've heard all podcasts long about Ben and Jacob and the impact they had. And you said it well there. How about from one of you guys? What did you guys learn about the pursuit of three, and why is it the best way to live? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been kind of a journey these past four years, and really just seeking that out and 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 figuring out you know how to live through that through that perspective. And um, I think back to kind of a, a quote that I read a while back from one of my favorite authors, Zig Ziglar, and it says, "You can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want." And I think viewing that through the lens of God first, other second, yourself third, it brings just so much joy and fulfillment that you can't have when you're just pursuing, you know, the next best thing for yourself. And so um, it, it really kind of paints a picture of, of this season, at least for me, and, and understanding how to what that looks like on our team. And, um, you know, it, we could have 
you know, lost in the first round of the tournament and it would have still been fulfilling because we, we pursued IM3 and everything we did. And it, it just, it, it plays out, you know, in, in all aspects of our lives. And you can see it in like one through 13 on our team, just di different ways guys have grown and changed this year and in the past few years. And it's just really cool to see that as a senior and go out on your last game, knowing like that's, that's, that's the legacy of the program. So when we come back for the second half, we're going to bring the whole coaching staff on and we're going to touch on a lot of these things as well. What's it look like to pursue three as an entire staff and have some reflections on the entire season and the pursuit of three. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I am third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back for the second half with the coaching staff. In the first half, we heard from several of the players about the championship run. What are you guys' greatest memories from, from that time? So I think when I when I think back to the again the national championship run, it really starts even earlier than that. It starts at the beginning of the season, just the chance for for me to get to know Joel more and again see progression of him. And we've heard in previous episodes how he was really intentional about getting outside himself and looking for ways that he can serve the team in any way. And I think throughout the course of the year a lot of that was done, whether it was defense or rebounding or distributing the ball. And the moment that sticks out to me and um, comes in the in the Fab Four game where Joel goes off for 18 points, six for six from the floor, six for six from the free throw line, uh, and then again gets it done on the defensive end of the floor. And just to see the progression of him from the first day that we got to really meet and spend time together, and just all the ways that he'd served and given and brought energy for the to the team, and then in some ways to see it rewarded in the terms of statistical numbers. Um, but then to just embrace him after the game and. Um, just the emotion that you got to see from from him and not just him but all the other players as well you kind of step back and it it almost feels surreal to get to watch these guys perform at a, a really high level and just the pride that you take in again their growth from start to finish we're recording this in June so several months after the championship run and just two nights ago Joel gave a devotional thought to the team and coach Tonigal you were saying this morning about just how amazing it is to see Joel's growth from the past couple of years what do you attribute that to Man, it was emotional. I know that hearing him talk and recognizing just the man that he has become. But he has stayed the course throughout his entire life. And I'm not sure we've coached a player who has seen more adversity than Joel. If anybody's had an excuse to, to turn bitter or angry or give up, it's, it's been Joel. But he's never done that. And uh, as he stayed the course, it's been steady growth. I love the point you made about buying. He's a guy that just bought into the I am third culture of the program. And when you buy into something, you can see growth like we saw from him this year. Coach Widener, when you think back to the championship run, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, as a, a former player and leader of the team program, 
uh, one time. It's always fun for me to hear stories or to get to experience the guys that are leading the program now and just to see what that looks like or um, how they're leading differently because um, I think ultimately there's ways that we can grow from the way other people's other people lead. And to see Jacob this year, um, to hear about him over the course of his first three years, uh, just kind of took the path of least resistance. And then the commitment he made this summer going into his senior year about being committed and being all in, to see his growth from um, his injury to being out and still leading the guys without physically being on the court, uh, to come down to the championship game and first half he has a guard on him and he just went at the guard and just dominated the mismatch. And then the second half, they were switching screens and switching onto him with different players. And the way he just exploited them um, from a basketball standpoint just kind of showed the growth that he'd had, not only as, as a leader, but as a basketball player and the maturity that he'd experienced over the course of the, the trials that he'd been through his, his four years. It really makes me think of his impact both on and off the court because we've heard throughout the season about the way that he and Ben as seniors challenge some of the younger guys, specifically thinking of Evan and Grant Smith and some of the ups and downs that those guys had and how Ben and Jacob led them. But then to see them all put it together in the championship run and those two playing at the height that they could and, and really leading us to a championship just really shows the the impact both on and off the court of, of Jacob and Ben. Coach Honegal, when you think back to the, the championship, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm going to go a little different on you here. And I think it's time we let the listeners inside to who we really are. But we, we are a group of foodies. And if they seeded the tournament, we would have had the number one seed as, as, as foodies for, for the coaches. So we were scouting out food places the whole week and doing what we normally do. And, by the way, Sioux Falls has some incredible flavors. The town is rich in their food. Well, we had a spot picked out, Ode to Food. And we'd like to give a shout-out to, to the restaurant owner there. We said if we win it, we're coming here. And I, I just remember celebrating as a, as a family, as a staff, as a program, friends. Because as we've said before, you know, life's more about who you do things with than, than what you do. And to be there that night telling stories, closing the place down late, celebrating with the people you love is something I'll always remember. You know, usually when we go on trips like these, we're trying to hit up seven or eight different restaurants to try different flavors. How many times did we go to Ode to Food that week? Seven or eight. <laughs> Can we tell them why we went there seven or eight times? Ghost pepper sauce. That yeah. stuff was amazing. It's the ghost pepper cheese sauce. I subconsciously started calling it Ode to Joy. That is, if you wanted to experience joy, it wasn't in the worship sessions. It wasn't in the prayer. It was eating ghost pepper sauce. Let's move that on to though, the power of Christian community. And just as a staff, how... We're trying to pursue similar things together, this year being hunger, habits, and humility, but in general, just the pursuit of three. Coach Tonigal, why don't you share a little bit about how you lead that within a staff? Well, I'm just part of it, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm led by you guys, and sometimes you're led by me, but I, I think it's the fact that every day we wake up with the perspective of, man, let's let's get together and grow, and let's be vulnerable at times, let's, let's show strength at times, but in the end, let's be real about who we are and what God's doing in our lives. And it's, it's really something that's grown over time. It can be challenging amongst the groups of leaders to, to pursue relationship <laughs> that way because often the sin that we have rubs off on the people closest to us so that then be able to pursue three in the midst of that, it's something that's powerful and explosive. So Coach Osborne coming in here for the, the first time this year and being part of it, what was the effect it had on you? Yeah, I, I share with people from time to time, you become the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. And I think that's something that I just feel really blessed is to, to be here and not just around our guys, but the coaching staff as well. And 
um, getting to be pushed in terms of how you coach and that sort of thing, but getting to be pushed spiritually as well. And coach tells our guys this when we're doing junkyards, but we, you never get up and just do some of the things that you do on your own. And I think even just for the coaching staff, some of the stuff that we're pursuing together, we might not pursue uh, on our own. And, and just to, to be around guys that are, again, genuinely pursuing the Lord and want to grow that way. And you find yourself, um, again, seeing growth in, in different ways. And I think particularly for me this year, hunger habits and humility just resonated so well with where I was at and where I was coming from. And um, getting to be a part of that this year, um, again, in this, in this first season here at IWU, it's got a special place in my heart and a, a lot of growth because of it. It's fun to see how that plays out differently in all of our lives and to be able to share that. And I think you're exactly right. Some of the things we do, we couldn't do them on our own. So an example is right now as a staff, we're memorizing Romans 6 together. And Coach, I think you have good perspective on this over time. When you dive into Scripture to that level, the impact it can have on your life. Yeah, I think there's there's levels. There's there's I hear the Word, there's I read the Word, and then then there's I memorize, I sit, I meditate on the Word. And there's something powerful about that. I mean, I know I've been spending hours a day just thinking about Romans 6. I'll, I'll be by myself, whether I could be fishing or whether I could be with my family. And the thought will go through my head of what did Paul just say and what does that mean for today? And that grows. And then I hear you guys process things and I hear you ask questions. And I think that's where we see the Word become living and active. It's not just a good Word. It's not just a, a powerful, wise uh, word. It's a living word, which means it produces something inside of me. And it does so even more effective when I do it in community. And it's really a motivator to do it with other people and to have a text exchange where we're sharing insights and the questions we have and what's confusing and why we feel like we haven't arrived in certain points, but also the way we're seeing growth really speaks to how iron sharpens iron. And Coach Widener, I know uh, this works both ways. So an example, you move in to our house last May and the first night you asked me what time are you getting up in the morning and I give you a random time and sure enough you're there in the morning wanting to get in the word and for the next couple of months I knew I had to be up because you were going to be there and <laughs> you pushed me to new level spiritually in a time where I was a little bit dry so can you just talk a little bit about just the power of community when you're pursuing three with other men yeah I think there's always things that we're burdened burdened by or weight that we're carrying around that um, you know, we can't carry on our own. And I think being able to be in a community with other men that are that are pushing you to pursue the Lord before yourself, I think there's times where, you know, I didn't get in the Word in the morning and I come in to pray with you guys and you say the one thing that I needed to hear or you talk about the one thing you've been thinking on or, or chewing on from the Word the last couple of days and it's the encouragement that I needed. So, you know, obviously we're not all perfect, but I think being able to be in a community of believers um allows us to to make up for the things that we lack or be able to um to be strong in our weaknesses and you know something as simple as like i said praying together every day we're in the office um it just gives more meaning and gives more purpose to why you come in to, to coach every day or why you come in to be a part of a group of people a day is just ultimately to pursue pursue something bigger than yourself when I think about the pursuit of three this season, I'm, I'm always going to remember, like Coach Osborne said, hunger, habits, and humility and how that started the year. Sometimes habits can feel dry and they can seem almost burdensome, like we have to be forced to do habits. But what was so fascinating this year was how hunger, habits, and humility led to joy at the end of the year. So what would you guys say about how the pursuit of these things ultimately manifested itself in joy in your own life throughout the season? 
Well, I'd say for me personally, as people have asked, you know, how was your year at IWU? I, I've repeatedly told them it's been the best year of my adult life. And um, to pinpoint it on, I guess, one thing, it, it comes back to just the life that you have when you're living in community and you're getting to do in a lot of ways what you feel like you're called to do. Um, so for me to just be able to be here, and I told you, we talked about it earlier, but to find a place I could serve, find a place I could learn and grow, and to find a place I could call family. And when you're open to to being where the Lord wants you to be and uh, allow Him to move however it is and uh, just trying to pour into other people's lives but getting to you know be pushed by, by you guys as well, I think in the end it, it leads to joy. And, again, that doesn't come without trials and tribulations throughout and you know coming from one phase of life to another. Um, there is just joy that, that comes from some of those lows when you get to experience the, the highs that God's blessed, blessed you with. So I think that's a little bit of where my head goes when, when I think about joy and just where hunger habits and humility took me this year. Coach Widener, Coach Honigle, you got any thoughts on how you experienced joy through the pursuit of three this year? I would say just being able to um, being able to similar to what David said, be around a group of men that are that are pursuing the Lord, but ultimately to learn uh, learn the way that you know Coach T coaches defense, learn the way that Coach T coaches or Coach Clark coaches offense, learn the way that David does individual workouts. Obviously, those are all basketball specific things, but um, it, it, there's other areas. Learn the way that they pray, learn the way that they get in the Word, because um, I think ultimately none of us are perfect, but I think we can take and. Um, learn different things from the way that other people do things. And it's okay to not have everything be your original thought or your original idea. Um, to be able to say, you know what, I learned this from another godly man or I learned this from another awesome coach. Um, I think that just kind of plays into to that same same idea of pursuing the best, best coach we could be, but ultimately pursuing the best believer we could be as well. Coach Tonegal, as we wrap up this episode, this is going to conclude taking listeners inside this season and how a group of men – traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Could you just give us a final thought? Yeah, for me, it's it's the horn goes off. And we've said this before, you know, what do you do in that moment when you've just reached the pinnacle of, of your accomplishment and your dreams or your vision for whatever you set out that year? And horn goes off, the confetti flies. And I remember the ESPN camera came over to, to do the standard interview and it hadn't sunk in. And the the lady begins to interview me and ask me questions and I'm looking around and it's like everything stopped it was slow motion I didn't hear I couldn't really see but I had this thought of this is it really this is it and I thought man I got friends who have traded you know marriages for this and I've got uh, close acquaintances who have who have left everything they had to pursue what they thought would bring them the ultimate joy and I just kind of had this dissatisfaction but I realized that in that moment, that was a gift that the Lord gave me because immediately he took me back to that morning when we gathered as a group and we just gave testimony to what the Lord had done throughout that year. And it was a reminder that the gift isn't in the destination. The gift is in the journey. And the gift was who we became as a team, who I became as a, as a Christ follower throughout the year. And we're going to continue to pursue those moments, but realize that in the end, unless they are submitted fully to the Lord, unless we are found desiring and wanting him, They'll never satisfy. And I feel like I can say that with some confidence because I always thought, well, people that say those kinds of things about money and success, it's, it's because they have it. But having had a little bit of it and realizing it doesn't satisfy, I just encourage the listeners out there to, to pursue three, to let me go, pursue three, and I promise you, you'll live a much more fulfilled life. 
that wraps up season one of The Pursuit. Thanks so much for joining us in this journey. We hope you were inspired to pursue three in whatever context you live in and lead. Whether it's your family, a team, a classroom, or a business, we believe the I Am Third Life is worth pursuing. We've been blown away by the response from this podcast across the country. We hope the conversation about the pursuit of three continues. So stay tuned for future episodes where we will explore the I Am Third Life further. If you have ideas or questions for the future, never hesitate to reach out. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.